Hello and welcome to the latest edition of our Private Wealth and Charities podcast series and the final instalment of our podcasts on the HSF Trust Companies Survey. In these podcasts, we've been discussing the results of an extensive survey of trust companies that we concluded earlier this year in January 2020 and counting down from seven to one the most significant risks that trust companies are facing today. My name is Richard Norwich and I'm a partner specialising in private wealth, trust disputes and charities matters. And today I'm joined by Natalie Curtis, a partner in our financial services regulatory team in Singapore. So having run through six of the top seven risks faced by trust companies, today we reach the gold medal position, general regulatory and compliance risks. Natalie, can you talk us through the results? Sure. Thank you, Richard. So as a regulatory lawyer, I was not particularly surprised to see a clear majority of survey participants cite general regulatory compliance and associated costs as the issue that poses the greatest challenge to their business. I know firsthand how much effort is required to keep on top of an ever-changing regulatory landscape. 34% of our survey participants told us that the most significant regulatory compliance challenge facing their organisation is managing different requirements in multiple jurisdictions. This was followed by keeping up with regulatory change at 26%. These are concerns that are regularly raised by our clients and they compound the third concern of survey participants, which was the associated costs from increased compliance burden. Given such challenges and with regulators around the world increasing their regulatory reach and supervisory remit, it was perhaps not unexpected that 61% of survey participants responded in the affirmative when asked whether they thought regulatory intervention was an inevitable. We've recently seen the intersection of these challenges resulting in regulatory intervention in Hong Kong in connection with the new licensing regime for trust and company service providers, otherwise known as TCSPs. Under the new regime, persons providing trust or company services by way of business are now required to be licensed by the Registrar of Companies. There was some confusion in the early days regarding whether or not nominee entities within a group also needed to be licensed. As some of our listeners may be aware, only operating entities within a group are required to be licensed in certain jurisdictions. Perhaps expecting the Hong Kong regime to be similar, a number of TCSPs did not initially apply for a license in respect of their nominee entities. Once the Hong Kong regulatory position became somewhat clearer, it still took some TCSPs until well after the licensing transition period had ended to submit their license applications. As a result, the company's registry successfully prosecuted over 30 TCSPs for providing trust and company services by way of business without the requisite license. The TCSPs were fined and disqualified from holding a TCSP license for a period of time. In some cases, we also saw directors of the nominee entities prosecuted for aiding and abetting the TCSP in its contravention of the relevant law. These directors were also fined and some of them were disqualified from being directors of TCSPs for a period of time no doubt a permanent stain on their reputation. Certainly the stakes are now higher when we get things wrong from a regulatory and compliance perspective. Potential personal liability ups the ante even more. This might be why only 6% of survey participants considered 
limiting negative business impact to be the most significant regulatory challenge that their organization is currently facing. Where previously, organizations might have focused on the potential burdens of regulatory compliance, such as added costs, slowing down decision-making, restricting business, etc., there seems to be a shift towards regulatory compliance now being considered as a contributor to the governance of the organization and even a business enabler, for example, by instilling confidence in customers. With many regulators increasingly focused on board and senior management accountability and oversight and large fines being levied for AML failures, a robust compliance framework can provide protection from prosecution and personal liability and avoid reputation-damaging headlines. Only recently we saw the Monetary Authority of Singapore, known to many of us as MAS, impose a composition penalty of 400,000 Singapore dollars on a TCSP for failure to comply with MAS's AML requirements. In particular, MAS found that the TCSP had failed to verify the source of wealth of settlers of trusts who presented high risks of money laundering and terrorism financing. The TCSP also failed to monitor on an ongoing basis the transactions of trust relevant parties. So leaving you with one final thought, I note that the Financial Action Task Force issued guidance to the effect that it is the responsibility of the senior management of a TCSP to foster and promote a culture of compliance as a core business value. In our view, this would almost certainly assist TCSPs to navigate the challenges that I've referred to in this podcast and which were evident from the survey results. It would also help to ensure that those who are tasked with implementing the TCSP's regulatory compliance framework are well supported. This is important as the regulatory compliance landscape will continue to evolve and as we have seen, the repercussions of any enforcement action can be significant. Thanks very much, Natalie. And on that note, we draw to a close our series of podcasts on the HSF Trust Companies Survey. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and also the previous podcasts in the series. If you haven't had the chance to listen to all of them yet, they are available on the website alongside a number of articles analysing each of the seven major risks. And they're being brought together in one complete PDF showcasing all of the articles and all the analysis, all the results. If you'd like that, please do drop us a line. If you'd like any more information about trusts, charities and private wealth and our views on some interesting recent cases from this sphere, please head over to the HSF Private Wealth and Trust Disputes blog by following the link in the podcast notes. Equally, if you're interested in the type of matters our financial services regulatory or private wealth and charities practices may be able to assist you with, there are links in the podcast notes to the relevant parts of our website. So thank you again for listening to this series on the HSF Trust Company Survey. And we'll be back soon with further podcasts on interesting matters from the private wealth and charities world.